Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. Think of us as your business bible. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Gudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. I host this podcast as well as a live webinar called Office Hours, which takes place every Wednesday. Here, I dig deeper into each weekly topic and answer all of your most pressing questions. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scutellari. Very excited to have you with us here this week. We have an amazing episode for you. We're sitting down with the CEO and founder of Stella and Dot, Jessica Heron. If you don't know Stella and Dot, it's an incredible corporation. It's an incredible company that Jessica has built from the ground up, literally from her living room while she was pregnant with her first child. We'll get into more of that in the interview. But first, a quick plug from us here at Trove. If you don't already, I've asked you once, I'll ask you again, please go leave us that five-star rating and leave us a glowing review. We really appreciate it. Helps us spread the word and grow the podcast. But with that out of the way, let's get to the good stuff. I'd like to welcome Jessica Heron to the Influencer Business Podcast. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here, Rich. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we dive into the meaty stuff, we're going to ask you our five quick questions, okay? Okay. That should be easy. Warm up. (laughs) All right. So what was the last TV show that you binged watched? Ooh, um, right now it's Barry. We're in the middle of Barry. It's really good. It is really good. But good. My husband and I watch like an episode a night. So yeah, very dark. You're right. Well, that's not quite, that's pretty, that's pretty methodical for most people. I mean, most people, when you talk binging, you're talking three or four episodes a night. Yeah, no, no, no. We're, 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 we're uh, everything in moderation, even binging. <laughs> That's great. So what was the last meal you cooked? Oh, this is embarrassing, but I'm going to be super honest. I made my daughter chicken nuggets from Trader Joe's. Nice. No, don't. That's, you know, especially with kids. Let me just set a real low bar out there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Does that count as cooking? Like I Uh, heated a frozen item? (laughs) 100%. The last meal I cooked was oatmeal. So uh, you got me beat. (laughs) Uh, What was the last concert you went to? Uh, Billie Eilish. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, I'm a cool Hip mom. To it. I took you my are. I took my daughter and actually we like right before she exploded. So we saw her in this really small theater in Oakland less than a year ago. Oh wow. And it's actually been that long since I've been to a concert. Yeah. You're not a normal mom. You're a cool mom. I'm a, I'm a cool mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what was the last book you read? Where the Crawdads Sing. Really interesting. Any what's the what's the one liner on that book? Is that, I think I'm getting the title right, right? Like where the crowded thing. It's really good. It's about this like swamp girl who grows up in the swamp all by herself, and it's just like a great book. It's like a good oh, awesome. summer read. Okay, interesting. Nice. I'd I'd never heard of it. That's probably on me. Um, all right. What was the last city that you visited, and what were you doing there? I was just in Philly, and I nice. was speaking at the Philadelphia Women's Conference in front of 10,000 amazing women. And I was also visiting with our different ambassadors from a launch of our new social retail platform. So that was right in August, right when we were announcing our pre-launch. So it was a, that was that last trip. That's awesome. That is uh, quite a trip. Fun on all all sides, it sounds like. Always Um, (laughs) action-packed. 
All right, great. Well, let's dive in. Before we get, before I start asking you a bunch of questions, can you just give us a quick background, not only on yourself, but Stella and Dot? Sure. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I'm a mother of two awesome girls. I've been married to my husband, Chad, for 20 years, which is crazy. We got married when we were 12. And <laughs> we, I consider myself a warrior for women in the world. I'm very mm-hmm. passion-driven in wanting to create financial fierceness for women so they have more choice, flexibility, and freedom in their life. Yeah. And that's been the basis of my entrepreneurial career. So mm-hmm. I started out in technology and dropped out of business school to start an e-commerce company and then wanted more. I wanted more than commercial success. I wanted it to be soulfully fulfilling and went down the windy, windy road that is entrepreneurship and ended up (laughs) doing it very differently the second time and started a business when I was pregnant with my first baby out of my living room. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted my maternity leave to be an eternity leave from somebody else's schedule. And that was, and I knew I wasn't alone. So I wanted to create a flexible, modern, relevant way for women to earn income on their own terms. And that was the basis of Stella and Dot. And now we're a family of brands. That's a social retail platform, which is essentially the ultimate side hustle. And can you give us just a quick scale check? Because many people probably don't know kind of the scale of Stellan Dot and what it is today. How big is Stellan Dot? Well, so first of all, it started out teeny tiny, as in right. like, I did the shipping, I did the website making, <laughs> like all of that. And so all it good, was yeah, this all dream. good entrepreneurial stories, all right? Things, right? So it was yeah. nothing. And it and since and one of the ways that we want to measure our scale always is in our mission impact. So how yeah. many dollars have we put into the pockets of mm-hmm. our the reason we exist is our passion is to help. Uh, women and a few good men fund theirs. So to date, mm-hmm. we have paid out well over 500 million uh, in commissions. Mm-hmm. And that has been by selling well over a billion dollars of accessories. And uh, that is now we are more than just one brand. We're a family of brands. Mm-hmm. We have Stella and Dot, which is fashion, apparel, accessories, bags, and Keep Collective, which is keepsake, meaning-based jewelry and home accents, and then Ever Skincare, which is a clinical line of uh, skincare and clean makeup that is clinical results and all good for you ingredients. It's an Allure Best of Beauty winner. So we've expanded so that mm-hmm. we can essentially have people share their passions and get paid. You've, you've paid out over a half a billion dollars to people. Paid out. That's not revenue to... No, uh, that's paid out. That's that paid is, out. That's incredible. It's not the big number. That's awesome. It's the stories behind the big the number. Right? Yeah. It's the number I mean, the big number is awesome though. <laughs> paid for in vitro or remodeled yeah, the kitchen yeah. or got rid of student loans or were able mm-hmm. to, you know, go on this like dream trip to Italy or, you know, it's, it's all the yeses instead of noes or the mm-hmm. like, you know, the get your hand off my knee money. I hate this job. I'm not doing it anymore money. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I want to be in charge of my time money. So that that really is I think what gives me chills today and what keeps us so motivated to keep innovating and pushing and always evolving to be the most relevant because we are mission driven and we do want um, to be that source for women because yeah. we're still so underserved in corporate America and other gig economy and other ways to to earn. Right. Absolutely. We're going to dive into the the business side of things in a minute. But first, I want to talk about your personal track and your personal trajectory, because 
you you weren't a quote unquote bad kid per se, but you you have said in the past that there was kind of a, there were a few moments early on where you realized, all right, I got to change things up here. And you actually were at a community college before you ended up at Stanford, right? That is right. So, and I mean, what 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 was the what was that moment that the kind of switch that was flipped towards the end of high school and early in kind of your community college days, where you just decided that you were going to go out and get it and dive right in? Well, I, I share this very openly now because literally my life is an open book. I wrote the book Find Your Extraordinary, and it chronicles some of the things that I think shaped me into being a tenacious entrepreneur and also yeah. into being so mission-driven for financial fierceness for women. So I grew up uh, raised by a single dad and with a mother who ha- suffers from a lot of mental illness. And so that made for a very colorful childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me tough early on. And I so in high school, I was very focused on being like a, a, an angry teen and kind of a victim of those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I was you know, not showing up for myself. I certainly wasn't showing up for school. And I remember in high school, going into this English class and the teacher was like, you are almost late. And you know, it's an English class. So I was nuancing the words. I was like, yes, I am on time. That is what almost late means. Like, congratulations. She's like, not funny. (laughs) You're out of here. Go to the principal's office. Really? She sent you to the principal's office for being on time? She kicked me out of class. That was my point. But no, she actually kicked me out of class. And when I asked her, why are you being so harsh with me? Like, come on. I know I was sassy. I'm sorry, but should I really be kicked out for that? And what she said to me, in that moment was, yes, because you need to wake up because you're the biggest waste I've ever seen. Wow. And it was honestly the kindest thing anyone ever did for me was mm-hmm. give me this really swift kick in the ass around like, sure. what are you doing? Like, why are you half-assing yeah. it when you could do something? And mm-hmm. at that point in time, I didn't have the money or the grades or, you know, the, the, probably the maturity to go off to a university anyway. So and I've had mm-hmm. two jobs since I was 15, you know, I was kind of saving and paying my way. Uh, and I went to community college, but that's when I just cracked down. I like, you know, I don't want to waste it. And I uh, buckled down and I turned my grades around for sure. And I wanted to apply to the best economics program because that's what I had fallen in love with from a subject perspective. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the community college counselor to ask for you know the path to apply to Stanford, she just laughed in my face. She was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like people like you don't go to places like that. That's comforting. Wow. I was like, uh, people like me aren't going to go to places like that. If people like you keep telling them not to apply, like, no. Right. And I, and I, it was a great moment um, because I realized that you need to doubt the people that doubt you rather than doubting mm-hmm. yourself. That's incredible. And so was, was it that, was the moment your high school teacher said you're the biggest waste, was that when the switch was flipped or did it take it a little while? It was when a seed was planted. I would say ah, I was okay. probably still a turbulent teen after that time. And I wasn't okay. like, you know, off doing drugs or anything. I just wasn't, right. I did not climb my own to a very large public school in LA, mm-hmm. right? Um, over half the school was English as a second language. So when you went to a class, like it's a very difficult school system to offer like quality education in at that time. So sure. like, you could yeah. skate through school, like showing uh-huh. up only half the time, you know, and that's basically what I was doing. And right. I, so I, I think it planted the seed and then I just got really focused. And, and frankly, I'd gotten a lot out of my system. So I was ready to be really intense. Like I'd socialized plenty, I got an A plus in in socializing. And so (laughs) I was ready to like hit the books and hit the library. And I feel like I've been there ever since. That's that's incredible. Now, so this kind of switch was flipped at what I would say is a relatively young age in the span of human life, right? Yes, yes. Um, 
And could, is it, is it odd that it happened at that young age? Can it happen when folks get later on? Is there a point at which there is no return and where life effectively has been quote unquote wasted? Well, first of all, I am an entrepreneur, right? There, there's, so my yeah. mindset is I'm an optimist. I'm a realist, but I'm also an optimist. So yeah. I, you'll never ask me something where I come back with the answer is like, that's impossible. You know, I just don't yeah. think that way. And I think that's so <laughs> sure. critical. When people yeah. are like, well, how did you know you wouldn't fail? And I'm like, because failure isn't an option. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't, that never yeah. occurred to me. So yeah. I, I uh, think that anybody can choose the course of their own life mm-hmm. as long as they're willing to connect the willingness to work for the I want. And yeah. whatever mm-hmm. you're not good at, like, so what? Work harder, get good at it, keep doing it. You know, so I think that yeah. I don't think there's a point of, of no return. But I would say that I think I was, I mean, I maybe was 17, 20, you know, when I really started applying myself. And so maybe that was been young. married for five years at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I was an old soul, right? I grew right. up really yeah. fast because you of the to. way that yeah, I was you raised, no you know? So yeah. I, we, we mm-hmm. my siblings and I joke that we were like raised like free range chicken. Like we were free to roam. And it was now like zero. <laughs> Frankly, the opposite in case there's anyone listening who is suffering from parental guilt. And like, yeah. you know, you just had a baby. And if you like yeah. ever leave that baby and you start feeling really guilty. Right. right. Yeah. I think that I benefited because my dad, who is awesome, like, of course he was working. And so no one was hovering or... <laughs> yeah. so, so are I you saying that I got to gotta leave my, my daughter now and just let her fend no. for herself so she can end up like she's, you? She's an infant, so that would probably be legal and a really bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very true. And nor could you tear me away from her. No. Um, no, that's really great to hear. And I completely agree, I think. And that should be really wonderful to hear for folks out there who feel like they're stuck in uh, either a rut or in a job they don't like, there's always opportunity to turn the ship around and, and get yourself onto the track that you want to be on. But it comes with a willingness. Like that is possible for you, but I was willing to work twice as hard. Right? And, right. and I was always grateful for whatever shit job I was in. Like that's something I think I got from my dad who grew up like really poor. Yeah. And you know he was born where he had his mother who came over from Italy she had a fourth grade education. She, her, mm-hmm. her, his dad died when he was three. So he was literally helping to pay the bills when he was in first grade, <laughs> like yeah. with a paper route. Right. So yeah. he mm-hmm. just, and he happiest person ever. Like if you ask him, he had the best childhood, you know, always happy, yeah. always grateful. And mm-hmm. hard work is like a core part of our family values. And so, you know, I had a job at Baskin Robbins when I was 15 and I was lucky, like lucky to get right. to work, lucky to get, you know, and I've always mm-hmm. felt that way. And so, I really think that any job can be something where you learn something from it that is onto the, you know, that will lead you to a greater future. As long as you show up and you look to add value and you do the best versus feeling like entitled to perfection before you Mm -hmm. decide to engage. Yeah. Now your, your trajectory from kind of high school to community college to Stanford is pretty incredible, right? Um, Because Stanford really wasn't taking community college transfers at that time. Um, but they got a new dean at, you know, at the same time where you were looking to apply who said, all right, we're going to make a change here. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, that is my lucky stars in action, you know, and it's like, yes, there was hard work, but I also have to say the universe was on my side. And yeah. I don't even uh-huh. just think it's like getting into Stanford because I really am a person, especially today, even for my own kids who already think about college. And I don't believe that that was like the linchpin of my success, because I think right. if you're going to be successful. It's not only because there's one path. It's because you believe there's 
an endless number of paths, that's why you get to the destination. So mm-hmm. whether I'd right. gotten it or not, I still believe I'd be, you know, doing what I'm doing, trying to make an impact on the world. But I did right. get fortunate in that, that they hadn't <laughs> gone to community <laughs> colleges before. They got a new right. dean. And for the first time ever, they decided to look at an ONTAP resource. So it is the belief beyond reason. Like you have to be that fool that's like, oh, so it's never happened before? So what? Oh, the odds are, I'll not, be the first. are against me? I'll be the, No matter. Like my passion yeah. and perseverance will overcome. And They're so not going to be able to turn me away. Can't turn me away. Like why would right. they? They'd be fools, right? Like you have to... Yeah keep ha- having that attitude and, and mm-hmm. knowing that, well, even if I lose, I win because I worked hard right. and that made me better. And so, so what, like on to the mm-hmm. next, like there's another route. So I did get really lucky, but even more than that, I'm lucky because I'm born with so much privilege, not because I was born like rich. I was born in the United States. I was born mm-hmm. healthy. I was right. born, you know, in this decade where women can be right. educated equal to men. Like, it, so we're after the discovery of antibiotics, like we are in the grand history of time like anyone living, right? It is like won mm-hmm. the won the lottery, won the lottery. in terms yeah, of absolutely. we're all lucky, right? If, if when you think about it, so mm-hmm. it's what you do with it after that. Absolutely. Well, and after leaving Stanford, it, you would think growing up, perhaps in the environment that you did, uh, leaving Stanford, you had kind of the pick of the litter in terms of what you wanted to do. You could have gone invest in banking. You could have done a number of different things, right? That paid really well no kind of financial worries whatsoever, but you decided that you were going to jump right into the startup scene, right? Something that's incredibly risky, something that, you know, doesn't necessarily pay well. Why was that? Why did you do that? Well, so I had a mountain of student debt when I graduated. So I was definitely (laughs) like, you know, that was an uncomfortable feeling for me, just feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got this big bill to pay every month. So Uh where can I get a paycheck? And so I did evaluate the different job options. And Mm -hmm. when I went to interview with this technology company, and I've always had the part of an entrepreneur, like I always want to go do the undiscovered path. It's just my nature. Uh What I went there and I never thought I'd take that job. I thought I was going to New York to be a banker. And Mm -hmm. I was in a taxi cab, like pre Uber in Austin, Texas, (laughs) coming back from this interview that I went on on a total lark. Uh And the cab driver kind of looked in the rearview mirror and could see my face of consternation was like, darling, what's on your mind? And I explained to <laughs> him my whole dilemma. And yeah. he's like, well, that's easy. You know, which path has the biggest upside to it? And uh-huh. then is that choice worth the downside risk? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. I'm like, okay, I have the safe job. And then I have this other startup job. And when he really asked me that question, I was like, well, investment bank, I, it's a two-year program. I make money. I try to go back to business school. For sure, it's good upside, but I know what it is. The startup, mm-hmm. I have no idea. So like right. the theory then, could it be better? Well, by definition, if I have no idea, potentially <laughs> yes. And yeah. what's the worst case scenario? You know, I had my education. You could defer student loans. I could always like sure. move back in with my dad. And so why not? You know, and yeah. I, I want to choose the path of hope. And mm. because I'm willing to live with the risk of the downside, like I don't need like stuff or things. Like I need my health. I need food. I need shelter, but I, I'd right. rather like have hope and impact as a potential rather than, you know, stuff. So mm-hmm. that was you'd my, all, you, my you'd decision spent a lot framework. of your life without stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So and I was were, perfectly happy. And again, I'm just so grateful for my dad because he mm-hmm. is just like, the greatest human alive. And I'm like, he's my dad. I get to think that. And one day your daughter will say that about you. 
I hope so. I, I <laughs> well, certainly hope so. You, she will. We yeah. both get to be right. But yeah. he is the greatest, you know, because he's happy and, and grateful. And I, and if you've got gratitude, you, you're of abundance. You just have abundance mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. I feel like I always wanted to choose the path of hope. Mm-hmm. That's, that's incredible. And you know, you, this is not, that's not the, the last time you did that either, because you dropped out of the GSB to found what became weddingchannel.com. <laughs> yes. So Take us after, through that. Like what was going through your head there? Well, after working hard and getting back into the Stanford, the business school, um, you know, this time not based on a lark, but based on grades and scores and career and, and then taking on more loans, right. I then get there for a year and decide to quit. And at the time I went to the deans because we'd gotten venture capital funding uh, yeah. in the middle of our first year. And mm-hmm. I went to the dean and said, well, if it doesn't work, can we come back? And he said, you know, if it doesn't work, you're not the kind of people we want back. So no, like there's the door. Wait, actually said that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're not the kind of people we want back? Nope. If it doesn't work, you're not the kind of people we want back. You've got to be kidding it me. It was the pa- path of no return. No, I won't say out loud because you'll know who the dean was, but it was, you know, pre. Oh my God. Um, that, but- uh, that's very disappointing, first of all. Second of all, good for you. Get out of there. Jeez. Well, I ask myself, and I think this is really important if you're trying to be an entrepreneur or frankly, just tenacious in life and get what you want. And you do you, you create your own path. Basically said to myself, well, who am I trying to please here? Like, what am I doing here? Am I here for a pedigree and a piece of paper? If I came to this business school to be an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. and I became an entrepreneur before I got a degree, I don't consider that like a failure or a risk. I consider that efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I go take another year of class on formation of new ventures instead of just going right. and forming a new venture. And now I go back and I lecture that course, right. you know, so, mm-hmm. so I don't, um, you know, so, I, I just, uh, at the end of the day, they wanted you back. They, I did. They came Jokes back on in a different form. And, you know, I yeah. do think that you have to be okay, not impressing other people. Yeah. And, you know, so everybody thought it was crazy, thought it was totally risky. Me and my business partner, my co-founder, Jenny Lefcourt, who also dropped out with me. Mm-hmm. And, right for both of us, I was like, well, this is what I came here to do. So, you know, I'm going to go do it. And it felt like a window you had to jump through. And my dad, who uh, I, he said to me, you know, getting into Stanford business school, like that's really impressive, but dropping out, like he was so, he was so proud. So proud. That's amazing. Well, and then you did it again with Stella and Dot. You're pregnant with your first child and you said, you know what, I'm going to do this again. How did, how did that come about? Well, you know, I, so dropped out, did wedding channel. It was commercially mm-hmm. successful. We were on Oprah. It was awesome. Like we were you know, the internet poster <laughs> child and it looked really good on TV and it looked really good on paper and on LinkedIn. Yeah. But honestly, I felt like a fraud. Here I am, like oh, the definition of like checkbox success. And yet, was I happy? Was, did I have a business that I ran or did the business run me? Because mm-hmm. if you were to really look behind the curtain, I yeah. was working all the time. Ate every yeah. meal at my desk. I actually got married during that time. And I just, I sent in the order for my wedding cake. Like never looked at it. After the wedding, I didn't go on my honeymoon right away. Just like went back to work. Like, so, wow, yeah. You know, it wasn't, it was, you know, that kind of business is intense. And I am an intense person. Like I, I've accepted yeah. that now. As my sister said, you know, you're the one that's weird. And so she's right. I am an intense person. And so I kind of thrive on that, that in a masochistic way. But I sat there and thought, how am I going to be a mother? Like, how is this going to work with the rest of my life? And how am I going to stay healthy and balanced and all these things? And so when my husband graduated, um, he went to business school too. And when he got Mm -hmm. out, we came to a crossroads of saying, do we, 
you know, his career, he got a dream, dream job somewhere else. I was, we had sold, um, what Dell and James to wedding channel. It was later sold to the knot. So mm -hmm. it had been, it lived its course and I was ready yeah. to, you know, think about becoming a mom. So I was ready to go do something different, but I was very contemplative. You know, I was like, I don't want to go do another big venture back business. I yeah. raised a ton. Of, we'd raised over $120 million to finance wedding channel. And yeah. that just means you're beholden to all these other people. And right. it always kills me when people who are starting a business benchmark themselves and claim success based on how much money they've raised. Yeah. Like that's mm -hmm. not, that's not profit. That's not adding value to customers. That's not sustainability. <laughs> also, you know how many, how many companies have raised a boatload of money and then flamed out? Yes. It's, and and yeah. you raise money and it just means you're beholden to somebody else's liquidity yeah. horizon and not right. your own mission. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do something and I worked all the time and it was, you know, it, it was successful in many regards, but I thought to myself, if I'm going to be this intense, the two things have to happen. It has to be mission driven. I have to feel like I'm soulfully connected to what I do and why I do it. Mm -hmm. And I love the people I do it with. And, and two, I, I do not want to sacrifice too much. I don't want to um, do this on somebody else's terms. So I'm going to bootstrap it. I'm going to do it out of my living room. And I found the mission first, which was reinventing, you know, flexible earnings for women. Yeah. And then I did it on my own timeline because I was pregnant. And when I, as soon as I had my baby, I found out that she needed to have heart surgery, which I'm sure uh, you can imagine like having a little oh girl. Like, I, just, I mean, like yeah. you think about that and yeah, one, you don't have kids, they have you. So right. whatever is mm -hmm. happening in their life, like all of a sudden, anything else you were doing is like irrelevant. Yep, 100%. <laughs> and you're, you're just totally <laughs> focused on that need. So it, right. I really did not want to go raise capital or do any of those other mm -hmm. things because I was on my first priority was just going to be her. And by the way, she's totally fine. Miracle, mm -hmm. modern medicine. Yeah, that's like, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so I just bootstrapped it and I really wanted it to count. I really wanted it to matter. I walked a million miles in the shoes of the customers that I wanted to serve. And I yeah. wasn't going to recommend anything to anyone that I just didn't believe in myself with a whole body. Yes, that it was innovative. It was better than anything that was out there. It was you know, a more modern way to, for a woman to turn a profit than yeah. you know, doing other options, like whether it's mm -hmm. eBay store, Etsy, running your own boutique, you know, being an affiliate marketer, whatever the other gig opportunities were, I knew I wanted to create something better. Yeah, that's incredible. Do you, now, Stella and Dot started out almost exclusively as jewelry. Did you have, are you artistically inclined? Do you have any exposure to uh, jewelry or accessories market prior to this? Like, Luckily, I found a partner that was, but no, uh, I did start making jewelry in my living room and it was okay. in fact ugly. So, <laughs> do you have pictures? Yes, I do. Oh, and actually it's not totally hideous. Like it was very much when like beads were in and if you just yeah, bought pretty yeah. beads, like you could string them and it would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but nowhere near the level of my, you know, the daughter of Dot. So Stella's my grandmother and the, sorry, the granddaughter of Dot and our, my partner Blythe in Stella and Dot. She is a Parsons trained artist that worked at LVMH and De Beers and brought oh, okay. really Amazing. a yeah. luxury design mm -hmm. process into right. affordable mm -hmm. uh, jewelry. So our, when I think about what made this business work, it was first, it was about the mission. Yep. I then went and found a white space in a large market that would work well because the product was demonstrable and it was made better by someone wearing it and sharing it. So the, yes. there's, there's an adding real value to the process. Yeah. Uh, and then 
Two, I had to go find then the product genius that could really bring something unique mm-hmm. to life. And then you have to go sure. create more value for the customer by having yeah. a socially conscious and, and, you know, efficient supply chain. So, you know, there's so many different pieces of the puzzle that came together that we had to put together to make that work. But I can take zero credit for the design side. That is all. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. But Stella and Dot really in many ways was a precursor to the influencer market that we see today, just really more on a local level. Can you tell tell our audience a little bit about the business model? Yes, absolutely. So there was, so when I was at, again, so I was go back to Wedding Channel. I was on Oprah. All these women reached out and said, I want to start a business. Like, tell me how to do what you're doing. Because on TV, it looked very like easy. And yeah. what was I going to say? Okay, go get a whole bunch of student loans. Go get a specialized education. Go get venture capital. Work 90 <laughs> hours a week you know, good yeah. luck. You know, like it yeah, was not an answer. It wasn't even an answer I wanted for myself. So right. I was sort of like, I don't know, just don't do what I do. <laughs> I wanted a better answer. Then I went out and I looked around, like what are the other options for like easy button on entrepreneurship, easy button on income stream, where a lot of the reasons why people wanted to start a business is they wanted more time, more money, more flexibility. And what I was doing was going to give them the opposite. So right. I just started saying, well, there's the problem. What is the solution? And when I looked mm-hmm. out and found like the quote unquote, like old school work from home businesses, like they felt like an icky old pyramid scheme with like bad product, no technology, like pressured sales. And I wanted nothing yeah. to do with that mm-hmm. yet. And it almost made me run screaming you know, from the idea of trying to reinvent right. like this work from home or work on the go concept. Yeah. But I just had this moment of like, no, that's not the reason why I can't do it. That's the reason why I have to do it. Because yes. it isn't mm-hmm. good. That That's actually why I've got to go <laughs> and change it, right? Yeah, so sure, yeah. That started with some fundamental principles. Product first, brand first, mm-hmm. no gotchas, no inventory, shipping, quality guarantee, direct to customer. And then also multi-channel with powered by technology. So right from day one, we empowered people to do pop-up events you're mm-hmm. basically doing trunk shows, sharing our accessories, but they always had a personalized website where they could share online. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. our business is more online than it's offline. Right. But we don't believe in just, you know, post and pray or spam over service. We have invested over a hundred million dollars in building out what I believe is the only and most amazing social retail tools that add value to the end customer. So we have a mobile app where you can create a inspiration board that's shoppable, Mm -hmm. that you can DM to a customer or share on social or put the link in your bio so that we give the, you know, the every woman tools so that she's really adding value versus just randomly trying to go, you know, start her own online store or do all the things that create a lot of cost and take a lot of time. And it takes a lot of time to pay back. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you you said early on it was bootstrap, but you eventually did raise funding from one of the most historic venture capital funds in the world, really. Um, but what was that process like walking down uh, Sand Hill Road and giving this presentation on what a lot of people would have looked at and said is just this old, outdated um, model, business model? What was that like? Well, okay, this is going to sound obnoxious, but I'm going to tell you the truth, just like the ticket chicken nuggets, because I, I certainly did that process before with with um, Dell and James, which became Wedding Channel. You know, when yeah. we went out and did the whole Sand Hill mm-hmm. uh, fundraising, but you know, yeah. uh, Stella and Dot, I bootstrapped that, and I, right. the people who initially invested, they didn't invest as venture capitalists; they invested as like personal 
uh, investors and they had been on my board before. So I had worked with uh, them before okay. in another capacity. Sure. At, you know, they were in my previous business. And then, right. so off of 2 million bucks, we b- built the whole company to profitability and it was a $100 million profitable business. So Incredible. we had people knocking on our door. Like yeah, I never yeah, went yeah. and proactively did a pitch meeting. They came yeah. and were trying to do a secondary round with us, which is different yeah. than venture terms. So that that's yeah. what we did. And mm-hmm. we did it because we wanted other people to, we wanted to continue to disassociate ourselves with this direct sales world that right. the multi-level marketing and the, you know, all yes, of that kind of just, I cannot say enough. Like we are nothing yeah. like that, but people right. think if you're just all hundred percent variable commission, which right. otherwise that is affiliate marketing, but we are affiliate marketing plus like we, you right. have a link, you share it. Mm-hmm. That you can, we do point of sale systems as well as, you know, online systems. So it's one sign up and you can sell however you want. And if right. you refer other sellers, you also get perks. So mm-hmm. there is that, you know, added way to earn, but it's legit. And so we, just because we have that, we don't want anything to do with <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with what other people sort of misassociate. So we knew that Sequoia would be a big credibility builder. And we're also, a, you know, we're a people company, we're a product company, and we're a tech company. You know, we are a yep. social retail platform. That's, mm-hmm. again, my, back, not, my background in technology. And that's yeah. what I really believe has allowed us to innovate the future of retail. It's, it's power to the people. It's pay the people instead of the stores. It's the every woman that's actually driving conversion. And where people used to go get their inspirational content from magazines, they now get it off of social and, and, you know, from just seeing people. So we want that woman to monetize that and get paid what she's worth. It's really incredible because there are a lot of companies out there now trying to do the social sharing thing, whether it's in an app or, you know, and everybody gets paid 6% commission or whatever. And, and there are a lot of skeptics like, oh, it's not going to work. I'm like, well, it's already worked really well. Have you ever heard of Stellan Dot? Because uh, half a billion of paid commissions is just incredible. And and that's to over 50,000 people. So it, it's such a massive, like large distributed and diverse seller base. How, how do you manage that many people? Well, so first of all, the way the re- we don't manage the people because it's them. It's you do you. They manage mm-hmm. themselves, right? We yeah. are a platform that people get. To, we define success as someone's happiness. So they get to set their pace. They get to decide which products they promote and share. They get mm-hmm. to decide how much they want to earn because depending on how much you work is just what the rate that you earn out on. And you are able to like, some people are just teachers who only do it during the summer. Some people, 85% do it on top of another full or part-time job outside the home. People do it for seasonal work. So, you know, people come and go, but what we have is a inspiring community where we offer free virtual coaching. We have, and Uh, again, because we're very mission driven, my goal is if people come in and they learn better time management, better self-confidence, um, continued mm-hmm. path of professional growth. Because I, I do worry about that a lot with, with the gig economy. If people are decoupling from a long-term corporate career because they want more yeah. freedom and flexibility, which amen, I'm all for that. But who is investing in your learning and development? Like you've got yes. to. So in our world, mm-hmm. we want to be a place where we we lift women up and they leave better off than when they, they arrive. And by the yeah. way, we include men. Like you can come too. So don't don't mm-hmm. don't worry. Just because I'm mission driven Maybe I'll start women. selling Stellan dot... Uh to all of my thousands or 1,000, one singular thousand followers on Instagram. You what should. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. well, just, we have a lot of people who, <laughs> I mean, we have people with no followers that are top in sales and we have people oh, yeah. with 
100,000 followers on, you know, uh, that are, that, that crush it in sales and are also top right. in sales, you know, so mm-hmm. because they're able to do the business their own way. And so the, mm-hmm. I, I really just wanted to flip that. I think that one of our big paradigm shifts, if I use, you want me to use the business school bingo buzzwords, there you, there you go. <laughs> like one of the big things I really said is like, okay, let's not take the, we really care about our products. We really care about authentic design socially conscious um, production. But when you want to ask me what our brand is, I think it's the person that's the brand and they rep us, but they're the brand. So they can put their spin on it and that's what enhances it and adds value to their customer base versus us trying to control and manage people. I think that's boring. I think people adding their own flair and personality is what the world wants. They want their authenticity. So Mm -hmm. that's why in our platform, now we've evolved where you do a single enrollment. This is, we're in pre-launch. This is literally happening like, wow, we, I don't know when this is going to air, but this is like <laughs> happening as we speak. We're yeah. innovating all over again. We know right. it shifted where people right. want to enroll, get a link, be able to do what they want and rep all of our brands as well as third-party pop-ins. And right. I think to what you said as to why our business has worked is we do not pay 6%. I, I don't think that mm-hmm. people are going to be able to pay a real bill and then it's just yeah. way too much work. And the idea of trying to, you know, we don't have to be actually be an influencer, right? In our business, you have to be socially connected where people trust your opinion and you're making authentic recommendations for things you truly love. And exactly, we pay up yeah. to 40% and we pay weekly, right? 20 yeah. to 40% weekly. So women earn a lot more, people earn a lot more because we're paying such regularly. a richer commission so much faster. And that's yeah. why they do it because they're, they, it's putting real money in their pocket. As well right. as free swag, you get that too, mm-hmm. and trips to Italy, <laughs> and all that other grand, grand yeah. stuff. Like all right now, stuff. we're doing an incentive called Legend, where people can earn a Gucci belt, away luggage, a trip to Lake Como. I'm like, I want yeah. all those prizes, Golden <laughs> Goose shoes, like a Dyson hair dryer. Like, we make it a yeah. lot of fun too. Yeah, and that sure. goes a long way. Absolutely, it's fun to be a part of that big community because. You, you, you're starting to see your value shine through. It's not 5% here, 10% there. You're getting a massive distribution from everything that you sell. Uh, it's, and it's incredible. So if you're, if you're a fashion, beauty, skincare expert and you're looking for products, you really got to try out the Stella and Dot family of products. Uh, really awesome company, obviously. I'm going to do a quick plug here well, for thank Jessica. Thank you. Um, and they pay out. I think one of the big things that you mentioned is you pay out weekly. And it's, you're not waiting around for sales to close. You're not, like if somebody buys something, Dot pays you out and you can, you can count on that check. It's not, it, you know, you're not sitting around waiting for, you know, it to come through. No, I think you get to spend it you know, that weekend, right? It's like you right. share, you earn, like that simple. And the reason or we save do it, that or save it. is our, right, or invest, which is right. Yeah, right. right. Our sales conferences, we have like Sally Krawcheck from Elvest come and talk about yeah. financial well-being. Like again, our, we're really more than a company. We're more of a movement for the financial fierceness of women. So we look at yeah. it holistically. And again, it's it's about teaching all forms of business and life coaching. Because yeah. when I go, I've had the opportunity, you know, to speak at a lot of different women's conferences and in, in, in sharing Find Your Story in the book or Self Made, my podcast, like the number one question I get from women, it's not the what to do, it's the confidence to go do it and the energy to stay motivated. And so yeah. that is why I believe a link is not enough. Like you need a community and challenges and fun and not have to be in it all by yourself. Like it's great yeah. to set your own hours, but it can mm-hmm. be very daunting. And like, you just kind of wander off and quit, right? If you're just trying to do it all by yourself. And so that's 100%. the 
you know, place that we provide. And it's totally free. Like people can do this right alongside anything else that they're, they're already doing. Absolutely. And that's one of the big things that we're doing at Trove with trovebusiness.com. There are a lot of people out there who can tell you how to edit your photos. There are a lot of people out there who can tell you, you know, how to grow your Pinterest following, but there are very few people who can help you with the nitty gritty, scary stuff. Like, Hey, when tax time comes around, what do I do? I've got to hire a lawyer. How do I handle that? Hey, somebody stole my images. Can I do anything about that? You know, it's those resources and that community that really allow you to grow and thrive as an entrepreneur, because otherwise it can be quite lonely. That's right. Absolutely. And so what makes for an excellent, if you were to pull out a couple of traits, what makes for an excellent Stella and Dot seller? Has it changed at all or is it the same as it's always been? Well, you know, it's really interesting because in our different brands, they're very different people. In Ever, because it's it's a clinical grade skincare line, which we have Leslie Blodgett from Bear Essentials on our board. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I went out and found the best people in the industry to go create a category mm-hmm. killer. And so yeah. we attracted in the beginning a lot of doctors to that brand. So some of our top <laughs> earners, awesome. there are all kinds of different doctors because they really love the clinical results, right? They love the science yeah. and the clean beauty element. And in Stella and Dot, you have a lot of fashion lovers. In Keep, it's a really amazing, like personalized memory-based line. So there's just, there's a lot of heart home and there's a lot of photographers because it's about, we do these visual renderings of engraved and, but you know, charm jewelry and you you can text it or post it. And so that's attracted like a different type of person. So people, Mm -hmm. and then there's people that love all across all of them. But when I think about what we're after, it's not about only fitting a certain psychographic or demographic or income, I wanted to build a platform. And I think of us like Shopify or Wix, which is two very different people with very different product passions and very different methods of sales and style could come onto this platform and be successful. Because what we really stand for is all women. Right. And, yeah. and, and a few good men, right? As many men as yeah, welcome. And a few welcome. good men, that's right. <laughs> but like all women say, because everybody yeah. deserves like financial freedom. And so that right. means like you could have a, a totally different passion and still thrive here. And yeah. and people can pick when they enroll. You basically pay, you know, it's much less than an e-commerce site. So it's like our when you enroll and pay for your shop up front for a year, you 99 bucks, you get welcome gifts, and then you just pick what you want. So, mm-hmm. and you get discounts and all that good stuff. So it really isn't, I think if anything, I would say it's about, are you, do you have hustle? You know, are you someone Mm -hmm. who's a a growth minded individual who wants to learn and put in effort? Are they just the same traits that you'd find in any great entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And no one's perfect. And that's the thing, like any great entrepreneur sucks half the time. Like people are all works in progress. Just because you're bold doesn't mean you're not scared, right? Just because you're accomplished doesn't mean you don't waste time and you're not frenetic, like binge watching Barry. Like, you know, (laughs) I, I feel like it is just that you're willing to not spend a lot of time wallowing and being lost. You'd like kind of quickly recover and get back to it. And you're willing to do the things you don't like doing, you know, Mm -hmm. a little bit longer in order to make it work. You learn to be efficient. Oh, absolutely. And you've obviously have, I guess, as you characterized earlier, you don't manage your kind of seller base, but there are any parallels between building that seller base and what influencers are doing in terms of building their own communities? Are there any parallels you can pull out and and traits or advice that you can give based upon your experience? Well, I think certainly commonality, right? So if if you're an influencer building your following, people are following you because they relate to some element or admire some element of your life. And I think the people we draw 
to our community are people who believe, like we believe, in flexibility, freedom, and loving life. You know, it's our whole you Mm -hmm. do you mantra and wanting like more. And so I think that being true to who you are is um, an authentic, you know, obviously anybody would, would give that advice, but I think that is what we have in common. And living by a core set of values. So even though we vary across our brand, we never deviate in authenticity of design. Um, You know, and and so we have values that are in common across everything we do. And I think Mm -hmm. that having that too, like when you really stand for something and you just say no to the things you do not stand for helps people have a real bond with you because they they feel like they can trust and count on you. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something we do. Yeah, no, great points. As an influencer, if you're building up your audience, obviously trust is incredibly important and having those pillars, those values that you stand for, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a blog post, whether it's a TikTok video, whether it's a Snapchat, you know, uh, message, regardless of what it is, if you always stand on those values, you'll accumulate a following of people who agree with those and identify with those as well. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done at Stella and Dot. And, you know, consistency is is another thing people talk about too, is that you have to be, you know, there for people consistently. And that's what we've done in over the course of our business and continue to be fueled by the same mission. You know, the Mm -hmm. world's changed, so we're changing with it, but the mission Mm -hmm. remains and that work will never be done. We'll never rest on our laurels. We'll never think that women (laughs) have enough. We'll always fight for more. Yeah. And so where's Stella and Doc going to be in five years? Because it's already changing. You're, you're on the verge of launching this amazing so kind of new platform. Like, I, where are we going to be? I mean, I really feel, and I, I mean, you probably feel this way as an entrepreneur, like there's just a moment and I've had this several times in my history as an entrepreneur where there's just this, sh- you feel it deep down in your bones. Like, you know, with certainty that that's the answer. And that does yeah. not happen when you get the idea. The idea no. iterates and you triangulate and you change it. And that it, like you could do that for years before you arrive in this place yes. where all the puzzle pieces fit together. And I honestly feel where we are right now with our social retail platform. Again, we're, we're pre-launch. We're bringing in people now. It officially launches January, 2020. And Mark your calendars. January well, 2020. Don't, don't wait. Like you could do it now and join us in our pre-launch. <laughs> There's all kinds of exciting stuff going on, but okay. especially for the holidays. But it is yeah. like for me, I feel like this is what we were meant to do. And it's been the warm-up round. We've been learning yeah. and listening and partnering. And this vision to me is like it's not mine. It's not the companies. It's our communities. It's what people have been asking for. Yeah. Which is power mm-hmm. of choice and what I promote, what I sell, when I do it, how I do it. And nothing like that exists. And it's an alignment between how customers want to shop and how people who want to share want to share. And yeah. so that's really powerful. That's really important, right? And there's so much shift and disruption in retail that I just... So in five years, I would say I can get really excited about all the mobile tech and advancement that we're doing and how sure. we're going to integrate that with you know real life experiences. but all I really care about is that we do over the next five years, what we did in the last five to an even grander scale, which is it's not the big number. It's the stories. I want to know that there's more people who have less stress and more happiness in their life because they were able to have a gig that they loved. Absolutely. That's incredible. And so what advice would you have for entrepreneurs who are not looking necessarily to do a traditional tech startup, but are instead looking to build a business that gives them the ability to be their own boss, craft the life they want, and give themselves the financial flexibility? Well, I think that, you know, I think I always say focus on passion. I really believe that because in general, 
you know, it depends on what type of business you're starting, but it's always harder than you think and takes longer than you think, you know, than, than we want it to. So if you're not passionate about it, you're going to be more prone to give up and you need that to go the distance. Right. If you are, and then the other thing I would say is think it all the way through because you can't want to start a business. You don't, you're starting a life and you've got to live in alignment Right, right, in with your core values and the life you want for yourself. So mm-hmm. think about what your priorities are. Like, how much time do you want for yourself, for your family, for your health, for your faith, for adventure, for all these things? And make sure that you integrate, you know, your business into that vision. And then you go find the right thing for that. Because I've met so many people along this way, and so many of them are now on our platform. But they they had a dream to have a boutique, but then when they realized the hours, the cost, the inventory, the you know, all these other expenses it was more of a nightmare than a dream. And so think it all the way through from a total business model. And more importantly than the business model, make sure it fits your life model. Before I let you go, where can people go if they want to get involved with Stella and Dot? Well, that's easy. If they want to get involved with Ever Skincare, Keep Collective or Stella and Dot, we're turning into one beautiful platform. But today they're still at their own website. So it's stelladot.com. Yes, you spell out the dot and then you hit the dot com. And it's ever.com and keepcollective.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Heron. And it's super simple, honestly, because it is the easy button. So you can just enroll, uh, you know, online in minutes and, and start. And if you have any other questions, you can certainly um, message me and I'd be excited to chat. And if they want to listen to your podcast, what is it called and where do they do that? It is called Self Made and it's wherever you get podcasts. So in Apple Store, Google Play, and it is um, all about entrepreneurship and life. And then I also have a book called Find Your Extraordinary, which was a national bestseller and gives you the more elaboration on the six P's of entrepreneurship. So no matter what you're trying to do in life, that those, those skills that will help you get there. And as an avid listener to her podcast and somebody who's read her book, I can't recommend them highly enough. So definitely check those out. And if you're not already part of the Stella and Dot family of companies, you should definitely do that as well. Well, Jessica, thanks again so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. It has been awesome to be here. A big thank you to Jessica for joining us today. If you don't already follow her, you should. You can check her out on Instagram. It's Jessica Heron. That's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-H-E-R-R-I-N. Jessica Heron is her handle. You can also check out her website, jessicaheron.com. She has everything there, her books, her podcast, everything that you could ever possibly want to know about Jessica is right there. Highly recommend. She is one of the all-time entrepreneurs. Um, But before I go any further, I do want to look back at the conversation we just had and pull out some of the key points that Jessica made. As you can tell, she is full of life, full of energy, full of vigor when it comes to building businesses and helping people, women in particular. And one of the things that she pulls out, one of the things I think that gives her this energy is she just feels grateful, right? In the grand scheme, in the grand history of time, she feels like we've all won the lottery. We're living in this amazing time. And yes, there are a lot of things that can be improved. There are a lot of shortcomings that people have, that companies have, that countries have. But in the grand scheme of things, we are all extremely lucky to be alive at this point. Something that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, we won the lottery. So make good use of it. Go out and do something. Don't waste what you've been given. It's a really incredible message and something that you can just feel from Jessica, her energy and and what she puts into this world. The second thing is, as you probably heard, 
Jessica did not have a linear path to where she was. She wasn't born kind of the anointed one, if you will. She wasn't born into a wealthy family. She wasn't born into success. She really had to work for it. And there were a lot of people along the way who said, you're not going to make it, whether it was her teacher saying she was the biggest waste, whether it was her counselor saying nobody gets into Stanford, whether it was uh, her, whether it was the dean of the Stanford Business School saying, you know, we don't want you back if you fail. Instead of taking those negative comments and allowing them to seek into your psyche, you have to doubt those people, right? It's, it's kind of the negative of a negative. You have to doubt the people who are doubting you, therefore believing in yourself. And that's incredibly important, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because there are going to be down days. And that leads into the next point. As Jessica put it, any great entrepreneur sucks half the time. It's just the truth. Things go wrong. Things don't work out. You got to fight back against those things. And you have to be willing instead of wallowing. I really like that. You have to be willing instead of wallowing because things are going to go wrong. You have to be resilient. And you have to realize that even the greatest entrepreneurs suck half the time. So, and the last thing I just say that kind of pulls this all together is it's always going to be harder and take longer than you think. You're not going to wake up in two days and have everything going in the right direction. You're not going to wake up in two days, have more followers, have more campaigns, have more this, have more that. We oftentimes overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the long term. So it's really about having that drive, being willing instead of wallowing doubting the people who are doubting you and believing in yourself, that will bring you to where you want to go. And Jessica has proved that time and time again over her career. Just an an amazing conversation. I certainly have already listened to it multiple times. I recommend you go back and do that yourselves and be sure to follow Jessica. And if you're an influencer and you want to become a member of Stella and Dot's family, you really should go check out their website, reach out. They have an amazing business. Not only do they have an amazing product, and suite of products now that they sell, but they also do a lot in terms of education, community building, and really help you become a better entrepreneur. So make sure you check them out as well. As always, we want to thank Jessica for joining us today on the podcast. Just an amazing guest and an incredible interview, somebody who you can take a lot from regardless of the context in which you're talking to her. Uh, So a really, really wonderful time with Jessica. Uh, a big shout out to my guy, Pete Crimmy for always making us sound better over the podcast than we do in person. And if you haven't already, please go give us that five-star rating, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, give us that five-star rating, leave us that glowing review. It always helps, helps us get the word out and helps us grow the podcast. And with that, thanks again for joining us this week on Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari, and we'll see you next time.